Hello, and welcome to This Is Modern Rock, the podcast that takes a look back at the modern rock charts one month at a time, chronologically. I am here today with my favorite guest, Aww. Orly. Welcome. Thank you. It's been a while. It has. Too long, I would say. Yeah. I mean, it's only been like three episodes, but it's been... It's been a while. Well, you've been like doing other stuff other than this podcast as if you have a life. Well, <laughs> but, we're, but we're back. Yeah, I'm very glad. Cool. Well, I'm glad to have you back. Thank you. How glad are things going? There. Busy all the time. Mm-hmm. Listening to any modern rock? Um, No. I just listened to Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. That's what you said last time. I'm still saying it. All you've been listening to for the last <laughs> year and a half. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. There's like over 150 songs uh-huh. and my kids like it too. And I really like to sing well, and laugh and it's like got it all. Okay. Yeah, There's kind of a it. modern rock connection there. The songwriter or co-songwriter. Yes. Adam Schlesinger. Was in Fountains of Wayne. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I was, you know what? I was spinning some of that. You're, you're <laughs> listening to some Fountains of Wayne. You are all in on Adam Schlesinger. I Schles- am. Schlesinger. Well, that's fun. It's pretty good. We're here today talking about August 1990. That was the year that my family had moved cross country. Mm-hmm. So I was about to start school. And like a brand new school as a brand new kid, not knowing anybody. Right. And what would that be? Fifth grade? It was fourth grade Fourth for grade. Me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a big deal. That's a big deal for me. Mm-hmm. Did you have any cross-country road trip modern rock mixes? No. I watched Jim and the Holograms in mm-hmm. a motel, like where we stayed on the way. And I was like really into it. Yeah. Very cool. That's not modern rock. Is Jim and the Whatever. Holograms, is that, would you say mainstream rock or just straight up pop? I would say it was like pop and then like the bad girls, the misfits were like hair metal. Okay. I feel like outfit wise and instruments and Mm -hmm. the whole look, I feel like Jim and the Holograms kind of presented as a new wave band. There was a keytar, I think. Uh Uh-huh. But then musically, it doesn't feel that way to me. You know, I'm getting it confused with Barbie and the Rockers, to be honest. Well, that's Mainstream Rockers. Right, the Rockers. Mm -hmm. And I still have a record that I can spin right now of them, so... Let's do it. Let's do it. What's the, what's the song? Uh, we're Barbie and the Rockers. We're Barbie and the Rockers. Rocking out with Tully and the Groove. In the Groove. Dee 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 In the Groove. We're rock stars. Nice. This was a record that was only one side. You couldn't even flip it over. But it was like really thin, floppy so, disc. But you were more gem than Barbie and the Rockers? No, it was all about Barbie and the Rockers. Oh. I couldn't at this point in my life they're blending together into the same thing. But I remember on that trip I had seen Gem and the Holograms for the first time and I thought, I can relate to this lady. She's so cool. Okay. Well, <laughs> here's what else was going on in cool. August nineteen ninety. Two states introduced legislation requiring artists to notify ticket buyers in advance if their performance will include pre-recorded singing. Oh my gosh. I love how nowadays everyone's just totally fake 100% of the time. Like pre-recorded singing, definitely. Auto-tune, of course. Yeah, it's assumed. (laughs) All of my body parts, fake. My initial instinct was, oh, this is post Millie Vanilli. Yes. This is actually two months before Millie Vanilli. Oh. So it wasn't just them. Yeah. There's a lot of outraged ticket buyers who were going to shows expecting to see live music and were upset about pre-recorded music. Oh my music. gosh. How embarrassing. Yeah. 
So what, like new kids on the block and things I, like that? I don't want to point fingers. I have no idea, but probably. Yeah, probably. Jordan, looking your way. Oh my gosh. Joe. All of those guys. Everybody was so into dancing. and There was like, a lot of dancing, mm-hmm. yeah. So then when they're doing it live, people are like, uh, uh, I paid $27 for this. Mm-hmm. Outrageous prices. Can't believe the Rolling Stones cost $36. No, I'm like, can I get a beer, please? They're like, that'll be $36. <laughs> If you're lucky. So old. I know, I know. So uh, do you want to talk about the modern rock charts? Uh, That's what I'm here to do. That's what we're here for. August Mm -hmm. begins with one week of Concrete Blonde's Joey in the number Mm. one spot. Mm. And we heard that last episode. Mm -hmm. And then uh, this month we're going to have two new number ones. Okay. The first number one we're going to hear is by a band called Gene Loves Jezebel. Okay. Gene Loves Jezebel was formed in Wales in 1980. Mm-hmm. This band was formed by two identical twin brothers, Jay and Michael Aston. Love twins. Yeah. Their first single was called Shaving My Neck. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> I guess. Sure. I mean, that's somewhere you got to shave. If you saw a single at the store, at the record store called Shaving My Neck, would you get that one? I guess it depends what it looked like. Is it like a couple of hot guys shaving each other's neck? <laughs> I feel like it would just make me self-conscious. Like, oh God, is shaving my neck something I'm supposed to be doing? <laughs> I mean, according to some, no. But I mean, like, I feel even guys with beards shave their necks. Yeah, I mean, if you have long hair, though, you don't need to shave your neck, do you? What or are do you talking you? about? Oh, I was thinking of the back of my neck. No, I was picturing the front. The fr- like, Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Shaving your neck, like yeah. your throat. Does anyone grow just the neck? Yes. I saw Beck uh-huh. and it was really, really fun. I saw him in UC Davis and he pulled a bunch of different people up on stage and he had a few people to like do like a human beatbox tournament. Uh-huh. And one of the guys that won, he named him DJ Neckbeard because the guy had almost no facial hair at all, but like a really mean neck beard. Wow. And the guy was pretty good. Do you think he went on to a successful uh, beatboxing <laughs> career? We should look him up. Anyway, they did like a improv song together. Nice. Yeah, it was fun. Wow. That guy needs to listen to some Gene Loves Jezebel. <laughs> Maybe he doesn't. He's like, I'm not going to shave my neck. Clearly, it's my ticket to fame. <laughs> so originally, Gene Loves Jezebel was a post-punk slash goth band. And 1987's The House of Dolls moved them into more of like a slick pop rock metal kind of direction and the result of that was their first success in the u.s but it also resulted in some interband turmoil between brothers jay and michael success didn't sit with one of them well one of them one of them really wanted to go in the goth direction and did Mm. not like the more pop oriented sound so uh michael left the band and the rest of them carried on and they released their fifth album called Kiss of Life. Wow, that must be really hard on twins. Yeah. They're usually very close. Mm -hmm. So to go like, I'm going to leave the band, seems like almost like friendship breaking. That's a common story. Not with twins, but with brothers in bands. That's true. Yeah. That's true. We can name a lot of those. Sure. Anyway, the first single off of Kiss of Life is the song Jealous, which we're going to hear. It was number one for two non-consecutive weeks. Let's do it. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. Jean loves Jezebel. Jealous. Jealous. I really noticed that you don't sleep at night. Say why you worry, why you hurt it inside. Push me to baby, I like you a lot. You are so beautiful and that is a fact. 
Are you jealous? Okay. Let me preface this by saying that I am in no way like an expert. I'm just talking about my own personal taste, but just nose all around. Really, a, I wish a big no for you. I wish I would have taken notes about all the places the song <laughs> failed. <laughs> First of all, who's the guy who left the band? That's Michael. Wise move, Michael. Michael, <laughs> I'm team Michael all the way. I was like, cool, Gene loves Jezebel. They're a goth band. I feel like I could get down with that. Oh, some of the some of the early stuff's actually really good. And then I heard that and that riff that just never ends. It's mm-hmm. the same thing. The song does like two things. It's that riff and the word bow, jealous. <laughs> that is not for me. Yeah. At least the lyrics are so bad that it's kind of funny uh-huh. and they're like getting through it. But then when they just like repeat the same garbage at the end. Tell me how you really feel. It's like, how sour can you leave my mouth? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I agree with you somewhat. But definitely not totally. The riff is super catchy. It's a corny riff, and I feel like they know it's a corny riff, but there's no denying it. That's a riff right there. It's a riff, but it needs to do something else. Like, if it had a totally different effect on it, maybe I would be more into it. Yeah. But the sound is so bad, and it's just too repetitive. Maybe I like it in the same way I like some sweet songs. Some no, like that. Sweet's or, better. No, sweet's I think sweet's definitely better. But mm-hmm. if you think of like their early stuff, like Little Willie, right? That's clearly a dumb song. It is a dumb song, but there's something a little more interesting about it. Is there? I don't know. There's not. There really isn't. The lyrics are stupid. The riff is stupid. Yeah, well that's not one of my favorite sweet songs. I'm just saying that like there's something enjoyable about okay. the stupidness. I agree. And you know, the first minute was enjoyable mm-hmm. almost. You know, kind of goofy fun mm-hmm. for like a minute. Okay. And then it was just like this is no, this is too much of the same thing. Okay. You wanted this to be like a minute and a half long song. I mean, 118. 118. <laughs> <laughs> when it's just doing that, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> so, Orly, not a fan. What makes you say that? <laughs> Speaking of jealousy, mm-hmm. both brothers ended up going to court over the My band God. name. Okay. Uh, in, in 2009, uh, they decided that they could both use it, but Jay gets the name in the UK. And Michael gets the name in the U.S. If Jay's performing in the U.S., it's Jay Aston's Gene Loves Jezebel. But if they're playing in the U.K., it's the opposite. Other way. Yes. Sure. Why not? Yeah. It's long enough already that you could just tack seven more words onto it. And yeah. It doesn't matter. Last thing I want to say. Gene Loves Jezebel is playing a show in Portland Whoa. this August with modern rock bands the alarm and modern english whoa are you gonna go i might go <gasps> the alarm's got a few cool songs really modern english they're yeah. pretty good what did they do i forget i'll stop the world and oh of course with you. Boo, 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 boo. it's like a hershey's commercial at this point oh it's okay <laughs> you know i'll bring some chocolate after one week on top we have a new number one it is a song by david J. do you know okay. david J? I don't think i do you might know david J. craig david Craig David. <laughs> I know Craig Mac. Okay, anyway. David J, or David J. Haskins, mm. is probably best known as the bassist from goth rock band Bauhaus. It's a real and, goth rock month. And Love and Rockets. Okay. Along with his brother, Kevin and Daniel Ash. Sure. So if you remember, Love and Rockets had a big old modern rock hit not 
too long ago with So Alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talked about that one. Mm-hmm. And uh, they went on a bit of a hiatus following that album. Drugs. <laughs> <laughs> so. I don't know if you guys are drug addicts. I'm just <laughs> being funny. <laughs> about debilitating addiction because love and rockets had such success with with so alive the record label is willing to promote david j's third solo album songs from another season i guess hoping to replicate or at least Um, cash in on some of that love and rockets success i think that's more of the term i should say that david j was also in another band less well known than love and rockets and Bauhaus. he was in a band called the sinister ducks Mm-hmm. along with comics legend Alan Moore. Do you know Alan Moore? Sorry. Mm, how's this sound? Watchmen. Oh, okay. V for sure. Vendetta. But I didn't read those. I mean, From I've Hell. Heard, I've heard those names, okay. yes. Alan Moore's a big deal in the comics world. I've seen one of those movies. Um, and they released a single in 1983 called March of the Sinister Ducks. I feel like we should listen to a clip. Okay. Let's do it. Here's David J. and Alan Moore. The Sinister Ducks. I'll tell you what it sounds like. Much of the Sinister Ducks. Everyone thinks they're such sweet little things. Ducks, ducks. Quack, 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 quack. Soft downy feathers and nice little wings. Ducks, ducks. Quack, 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 quack. First of all, that's a good song. I'm into <laughs> that. <laughs> Hate Jealous, love March of the Sinister Ducks. Yeah, if I had to choose which one I'd rather listen to again, I'm. I for think sure. they should combine. A quack, 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 quack. Ew. <laughs> I heard there was enough time for a lifetime. <laughs> okay, here's the best thing about March of the Sinister Ducks. Up, the YouTube page where I found that song. Uh huh. That is David J's Own? official YouTube page. He sure. posted it himself. I love it. He's not hiding from this. He's, no. He's all Why in. would he? That's yeah. good. All in on Sinister Ducks. I'm into it. I yeah. mean, the quacking is kind of dumb, but the rest of it I like. Okay. Maybe uh, <laughs> maybe Alan Moore, despite his success in the comics world, maybe he should have stuck with music. Why can't he have it all? <laughs> so, David J's third solo album. Is it going to be as good as that? The song is called I'll Be Your Chauffeur. I don't know. All the, everything sounds familiar, and then I hear it, and I'm like, I've never heard this in my life. What do you think about that title? I like it. Yeah? Yeah. Does it sound romantic, or does it sound subservient? Subservient, yeah. but it's still intriguing. Intriguing, okay. Yeah. Well, let's give it a shot. David J., I'll Be Your Chauffeur. I'll be your chauffeur Drive you to a distant shore Fill the tank with gas and dreams Twinkle of stars, she'll be a semaphore Guide us to that place A better place Where we shall stay And I read the restore I like that one. Yeah, really? Yeah, I'm all in. What's this man's name? David J. That's it? No, something else. No, it's David J. David J? Mm-hmm. He's going to do something about that name, but otherwise, <laughs> I liked a lot about it. Wow. I I feel the opposite. Really? <laughs> you know what this, so this song is totally pleasant. It's it is. breezy and nice. It is. But to me, it sounds like anybody's breezy, nice song that anybody could write and I could hear anywhere. Well, I disagree. I feel like there was good melody to it. I feel like it was nuanced. It had this like warm kind of magic hour 
feeling yeah, to it. Sure, I had that feeling. And at some point, I was like, you know what? I could who I could really hear singing this is Pete Doherty. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'd like it even more if he was singing. So it. you're just picturing the song as sung by someone else. Okay, just for like a minute. But then when I went back, when I came out of that reverie. Yeah, for the other four minutes. <laughs> was it too long? You know, maybe like once I sold myself on it, I was just like going to like anything it did. But like even when it instrumentaled out, it mm-hmm. like switched it up at the end a little bit. Sure. It wasn't like super interesting. But yes, perfectly pleasant is better yeah, than like turn this off, please. Sure. No, that's fine. I can see why it charted. Yeah. This is not a number one song as far as I'm concerned. The fact that it's a number one blows my mind. The not o- any more than the other one. The only thing I can think of was it got a huge push from the record company. Maybe, but you love riffs. You're <laughs> such a riff Randall. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is that when it had that false ending, mm-hmm. I was like sad. Yeah. You're sad that it was over. Yeah. And then as I came back, it's like, oh, good. All right. So I don't know. Well, cool. I'm glad you liked it. Mm-hmm. It's just funny to me what it is that you like and don't like. I'm not saying you should have loved Gene Loves Jezebel. It's just that you've been on the show a lot and I can never tell. Really? It's always a surprise? No, sometimes there's like really pleasant, nice songs and you're like, that guy's a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I give a lot more leeway for British people. Mm-hmm. So like when the Americans are nerdy, I'm like, nerds. But then like when they're like, oh, I'm British and I'm nerdy. <laughs> How charming. I'm exactly, exactly. Yeah, you got yeah. my number. You know what it made, this made me really think about? This guy, David J, he was in Bauhaus. He's in Love and Rockets. This is the music he wants to play right here. I'll be your chauffeur. This poor guy's been suffering through like <laughs> gothic and psychedelic <laughs> rock bands. And he just wants to be strummy, strum, strum. Yeah. Okay, so one week at the top. And then they were usurped by that whatever again. Yeah, Gene left Jezebel. Uh-huh. And that takes us through August. So uh, no more number ones. Thank God. But we have a number two. <laughs> Let's hear it. Number two, our good friend Iggy Pop, mm. a.k.a. James Newell Osterberg Jr. Good grief. If his name is anything, it's John or James. That's all of them. That's why they have to give themselves phony names. They're yeah. like, another John, another James. Or Parrots Bernstein. Parrots Bernstein. Of course. What do you mean, parrots? Of course. <laughs> okay, yeah. So Iggy Pop. He was the front man for legendary proto-punk band, The Stooges. Of course. And in 1990, he's 43 years old. Just a young lad. Just, <laughs> Just a fresh... That's not old. Fresh-faced guy hitting the streets <laughs> for the first time. So, he, well, he's been doing this for a little while. Oh. In 1990, he's putting out his ninth solo studio album called Brick by Brick. Comics Connection, cover art by Charles Burns. Okay. Guest songwriters and musicians on this album, Slash and Duff McKagan from Guns N' Roses. Whoa. That's not a modern rock connection, but you know what? It's a rock connection. It's a rock connection for sure. This was Iggy Pop's first gold album in the US. Mm -hmm. Took him nine solo albums. And it was his first album to get MTV play. Mm Mm-hmm. And you might remember this. Did I see this on Beavis and Butthead? You didn't see this song we're going to hear, but they did love another song from the album, Butt Town. Oh, of course. Yes, I do remember Butt Town. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love those guys. If you are out there listening, Mike Judge, thank you for opening my eyes to music. <laughs> Here's an, an Iggy Pop fun fact. He's um, made of rubber. He's actually a Stretch Armstrong. 
Yes, that was it. <laughs> He's never actually worn a shirt. <laughs> he has a rare skin condition. <laughs> All shirts feel like fire to him. <laughs> yeah. So, fun fact, Iggy Pop's first top 20 album in the U.S. came out just a few years ago, 2016. It was his 17th album called Post Pop Depression. <laughs> and it featured... Matt Helders from the Arctic Monkeys on oh, drums. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He toured with them. Mm-hmm. Now, Matt Helders has only sung a couple songs for the Arctic Monkeys, mm-hmm. but one of them was a song called Brick, Brick by Brick. Brick. Yeah, definitely. Boom, full circle. Yeah. How about that? I mean, it's a skipper. That's <laughs> <laughs> like the worst song on the album. So anyway, we're going to hear the first single from Brick by Brick. It is the number two modern rock hit, Home. Okay. And if you want to check on the music video, directed by David Fincher. Ooh. Director of The Game, Seven, Fight Club. Panic Room. Alien 3. No one saw Panic Room but me. World <laughs> War Z 2, coming soon to a theater near you. I wish there were more movies where zombies were going to kill everyone. What do you want to listen to? The song, dude. Oh, Iggy Pop. I mean, do I have a choice? Let's listen to it. We're going to listen to Iggy Pop's number two hit, Home. I went so high, man, so don't trip me up. Shaking a leg like the tail of the pup. I'm paying dues till I register heat. Sure hope I don't end up on the street. Home, boy. Home, boy. Everybody needs a home. things i liked about that it's pretty rocking it's pretty rocking mm-hmm. um i would have liked to hear what he said more he was kind of low in the mix it was so. like home boy home there was a lot of that do you feel like this could work as a homeless advocacy song for some kind of commercial mm, i mean if they left all the f-bombs out mm-hmm. you know just like hit the everybody needs a home yeah that would work it's the same thing though with the first song with the Gene Loves Jezebel song where that like the production on the guitars. Not into it. I'm just not into it. Yeah. Do you even like guitar? I just don't like that sound of the. Okay. Wow, wow. It's like, it's funny. You know, it reminds me of Bill and Ted or something. Yeah. Which is fine, but it's not like. Uh, <laughs> hello. Wild Stallions brought peace and happiness to the entire earth. Right. But it's a joke. <laughs> And I know a lot, a lot of people find hair metal and that kind of rock like extremely sexy, uh-huh. but I find it kind of embarrassing. And as soon as I get embarrassed, I'm just not sexy anymore. So you're saying this sounded hair metal and wankery. Would you then say this is not modern rock? I don't think this is modern rock. No. Uh-uh. So what's he's, he doing here? Did Pop over- gets a pass? Because he's he used to be a punk rocker mm-hmm. and like punk rock is alternative rock, right? Uh-huh. Modern sure, rock, sure. essentially, or it was at some point. So kind of fun, but not your thing. Yeah. Okay. It's not bad. I'm not like ew. So home, meh. Butt town, yeah. Well, butt town's funny. I always like funny. But <laughs> what I want to know is, is this last song going to be better than Sinister Ducks? Um. Because if it's not, well, it's a number seven hit. And Sinister Ducks was not. It uh, means nothing to me. Okay. How about this? It's by a band called Devo. Ooh, okay. Does that okay. mean something to you? Yeah, that means more to me. And in fact, this is Devo's one and only modern rock hit. 
Okay. But I mean, that says more about when Devo was yeah. was writing songs. So what, you know, just a reminder to those new listeners: the modern rock charts did not appear until the tail end of 1988. So. Any of those bands that seemed like they would have been a good fit, but had music prior to 1988. Um, they just weren't charting anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Devo was formed in Akron, Ohio in 1973. Two sets of brothers in this band and a non-brother. More brothers. One of those brothers, though, is Mark Mothersbaugh, who you might know because he scored the first four Wes Anderson films. Mm-hmm. He also did the music for Pee Wee's Playhouse. Hmm. Weirdly enough, I was into that. Yeah, I watched some of it. It kind of creeped me out as a 10-year-old or whatever. I, I don't know what I liked, but I liked it. Anyway, the idea for the band started as an art project about de-evolution, mm. which is that American society is de-evolving. Idiocracy, baby. Mm-hmm. Idiocracy. Sure, yeah. And then the idea to form a band really took hold after the 1970 Kent State shooting. Oh, gosh. They're like political art guys? yeah. And so early shows for Devo were often confrontational, and they often performed in costume yeah. as characters such as Boogie Boy and the Chinaman. Oh gosh, no. <laughs> I don't know what's yeah, I don't know what to make of that. I guess David Bowie and Iggy Pop caught wind of Devo, uh-huh. and they recommended the band to the record label, which scored them their first record deal in 1978. Mm-hmm. And David Bowie was originally slated to produce, but he was unable to, so Brian Eno came in. Oh, boo-hoo. <laughs> and Brian Eno produced Devo's first album. In the 80s, Devo had a big hit with Whip It. Of course. Which I'm sure you've all heard. And uh-huh. to a lesser extent, Girl You Want. I loved that one. But I loved Soundgarden's the cover s- of that. The Soundgarden cover of Girl You Want. So sexy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And what else did they do? They covered Working in a Coal Mine for the heavy metal soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And they actually appeared in a movie called The Spirit of 76, uh-huh. along with some members of Red Cross. Sounds like a gem. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, in 1990, Devo released Smooth Noodle Maps. Reviews were overwhelmingly negative. So I'm overwhelmingly <laughs> negative about the name of that album. Uh, and it spawned one single, their only modern rock hit ever, and it was their last single for 17 years. Wow. So um, I'm really sad. I thought we were going to hear Girl You Want. i got to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, this was not a big success. Mm. I think the tour got shut down partway, mm. and the band kind of collapsed for almost two decades following this. No, because mm. I saw them in 1997 with Soundgarden and Lollapalooza. Really? No, six, 96. You saw them in 1996? 1996. On stage with Soundgarden at the same time? Well, they both played in the same Lollapalooza. Oh, I thought they were like up there harmonizing Girl, Girl You Want. Well, no, but I saw them that same day. Oh. Anyway, the song we're going to hear is called Post Postmodern Man. Okay. And the song is notable because it had two separate music videos. Okay. The first version of the music video was directed by Devo band member Gerald Casale, who would later go on to direct music videos for Foo Fighters and Silver Chair and Soundgarden. Oh my goodness, they're popping up everywhere. Blow up the outside world. I mean, it was not that great of a video. No. But <laughs> <laughs> it's a great song. But uh, the video for Post Postmodern Man featured the band driving around Southern California, and they submitted it to their label, and the label said, nope, No, you've got to recut this and insert footage of Playboy Playmate Deborah Driggs. What? Mm-hmm. That was the requirement. 
And that's what they did. They did. Yeah. So if you watch the video, just it's like them driving around and then there's like random footage of Deborah Driggs like looking sexy or whatever. That's great. And then back to the band. You might know Deborah Driggs from her 2004 book entitled Hot Pink, The no. Girl's Guide to Primping Passion and Pubic Fashion. I don't. I had a book that had a similar title to that. <laughs> <laughs> it was like The Bad Girl's Guide to Getting What You Want. <laughs> hilarious i actually did take tips from that book <laughs> pubic fashion tips no it's like no. getting free drinks and oh. by getting free drinks you literally just like as people are talking to you just grab drinks out of their hand and start drinking out of people's drinks that's almost as good yeah i should say though she only co-wrote that book of course <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> anyway they recut this thing submitted it to mtv mtv refused to play it because <laughs> the version of the song they had in the video was some kind of remixed version and not the version that the was the album? modern rock hit. Oh, so, so it they never had to got go. So they had to go back and create an all new video and still put this lady in it. No, they got the uh, what her name Deborah. Deborah Driggs. Deborah Driggs claws De- removed. What's her name? You don't know, you don't know Playmate <laughs> model Deborah Driggs? I don't. So she looks cool. very 1990. Let me tell you. I'm sure. In the pubic region, I mean. <laughs> What was the pubic fashion back in Back in 1990? Um, I don't think they were doing the full bush anymore, but I don't think it was like bald eagle time. No, it was definitely not bald eagle time. It was more like a falcon. I see it now. It's like the sharp triangle. (laughs) (laughs) Can you please primp my pubes into a falcon's beak? (laughs) That's what it was, yeah. (laughs) Is Deborah Driggs in this video? I'm not sure. (laughs) <laughs> um, I, I, I watched the original one that was terrible. I didn't watch the new one. But I will say that the second version is like Devo Home Shopping Network. Oh, this sounds slightly familiar, actually. Yeah, I don't think this song's going to sound slightly familiar. Fine. Here we go. This is Devo with their 1990 hit, Post Postmodern Man. Uh, Devo, post postmodern man. I don't know. I mean, there's better Devo. I'm sticking with the Ducks. Mm-hmm. And then uh, what's that guy's name? Rory Craig. Right. R- Rory Calhoun. <laughs> the guy's name is so boring. What? The, the second guy that I liked his song, and I said he needs to. Oh, be David thinking. J. David J. It's like two first names that everybody has. <laughs> mm-hmm. David. And, no, it's just the letter J. Okay. Well, either way. It could stand for J, though. Yeah, probably does. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about Devo. Okay, Devo, they're past their prime at this point. Yeah, and they they know it. And like those 80s suits. Yeah, they can't even get a 90s suit. This is 1990, man. It's August. Yeah. It's practically... They've had eight months to get a new suit. And they made that video three times. They were so over it. I could tell they were over it. Yeah. The thing that I always really liked about Devo is that they did have this really, really tightly wound excitement. Mm -hmm. And this rubber band is stretched. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I feel like if they would have just made this song like 20% faster, it might have 
had more of that the Devo punch. punch yeah. Mm-hmm. But as it was, it was barely a three minute song and maybe they thought they had to slow it down to oh, get through yeah. it. Oh yeah, it, d- I don't it know. didn't seem long. That's true. They looked tired. They it, did. They f- it felt tired. It sounded tired. Yeah. They were like, we don't even like this song anymore. Yeah. <laughs> even smooth noodle maps. It's, that's just like a give up. What should we call this? I don't even care. Call I know, it smooth every, noodle maps. Three, guys, three of the five guys are like, we're going to draw three random words. Uh-huh. Open the dictionary. I got smooth. <laughs> noodle maps. <laughs> we don't care. Yeah. Did you know that Devo went on to do Devo 2.0? Without who? Without whom? I think you mean with whom. Oh, with whom? Devo 2.0 was a quintet created for Walt Disney Records in which children actors sang and danced and mimed playing instruments along to Devo songs. So they just like really needed a paycheck. I don't want to speculate. (laughs) (laughs) What you're saying sounds like High School Musical, the Devo edition. It's really, it's kind of, uh, it's upsetting to me. Yeah. Devo... You know Maybe what, cool is the wrong word, but they were a really interesting ahead of their time band. Yeah. Look, they probably got a really bad record deal mm-hmm. and they probably did not make a lot of money. I would be willing to bet that they didn't make a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, they had one pretty big hit with Whip It. Yeah, but who knows how much money they made off of that? Sure. Honestly. Sure. Here's what I want to know, though. In 2005, why did Disney say, you know who's real marketable? Devo. You know what I mean? Like they had any band they could choose. Zach Efron probably brought it up. <laughs> Efron's a big Devo fan. I don't know. It was probably somewhere on the inside. Someone's kid, someone's something. Somebody was a Devo fan. Yeah. Sure. And they're just like, we're super rich. Here's money. And those guys are like, we're not. Thank mm. you. <laughs> Here's the thing. I love modern rock. But then you listen to this. This is not a good month. It's not. I still had a really good time. Mm-hmm. And I did hear one song I like by David J. Yeah. Although I can't remember the song. So you're right. I'll <laughs> be your chauffeur. I'll be your chauffeur. No, but I can't remember how it goes. It's like, I'm kind of balanced. I'll be your chauffeur. Blah, blah, blue, but do. I wish Pete Doherty was singing this. <laughs> it would be better. The only one I straight up didn't like is the first one. The other ones were fine too. Pretty good. Actually, I, I feel like the Devo one was the least good one for me. Yeah, I think I was just like into the video. Maybe I'm being disappointed by it because there's a lot of Devo that I really like. Right. And so this one feels like a letdown. Gene loves Jezebel. Like they've... They you know, have not held anything up high enough for you to like be disappointed by. Sure. And Devo definitely has. Like I would say that you're a Devo fan. Yeah. Although I had never heard the song before doing this episode. Mm-mm. Yeah. Well, anyway, thank you, Orly, for joining me. Woo woo. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Yeah. And we'll catch up with you in September, September 1990. Jinx. Thanks for listening.